we come to marriage with these ideas of who we are and who we're going to be as a spouse. And we show up and that's probably, you know, for most of us, it's shattered. And we have an opportunity. We either face that and face who we really are and grow closer to God and closer as a couple. And if we don't, then what we do is we skip out on intimacy. Yeah. You can't be intimate with one another fully if you are not fully open with yourself, open with the Lord, and open with each other. Joshua Rogers and his wife Raquel are our guests today on Focus on the Family. They're going to offer encouragement for finding God in the messiness of everyday married life. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, we say this from time to time, but I don't think there's a perfect marriage. Now, I know someone's going to say, I've got the perfect marriage. Please let us know about that. And uh, I'm sure it's 99.9% perfect, but as fallen creatures, uh, I, I just can't be convinced that we're perfect yet, not, right? Not for most of us. <laughs> and certainly when you have marriage, it's two imperfect people coming together. You usually get imperfect marriages. It doesn't mean we don't work on them, though. And we want to strive every day, especially uh, for Christians, in order to show God's glory in our relationship. We want to model a loving Christian marriage so others might see it and be drawn toward it, right? Well, I hope that that's the goal for our listeners. I trust that as they have listened along, they've heard us uh, addressing this topic before of marriage, and being vulnerable is a key aspect of having a better, deeper relationship with your spouse. We're talking, as I said, with Joshua and Raquel Rogers. Uh, They have been married for 12 years and have three children under the age of 10. Joshua has been a frequent uh, contributor to our young adult ministry here at Focus, and he's written a book called Confessions of a Happily Married Man, Finding God in the Messiness of Marriage. Joshua and Raquel, welcome to Focus. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Um, Let's jump right in with your story. There was a night early in your marriage when it was very clear uh, that your relationship needed some work. What was going on and what happened that night? Every couple's leaning in right now going, oh yeah, we had that night. I think you're probably talking about the most humiliating moment of our marriage ever. What a great place to start. What a great place to start. (laughs) Um, So we were actually on vacation in Puerto Rico, but it wasn't much of a vacation. Uh, Raquel had just had our first child, and she was three months old. We were sleep deprived. Uh, We were constantly at odds with each other. So we're in Puerto Rico. Her family's there, and we try our best when we're with her family to behave as well as we can. But (laughs) there was one day where we started having one of those whisper fights in the living room and Raquel said, go to the bedroom. So we go to the bedroom. You called him out. (laughs) Yes. Let's go to the bedroom and finish this. Oh, we and we were finishing it. There were accusations, insults going back and forth. And all of a sudden I looked over to my right and I said, oh my gosh, the baby monitor's there. Yeah, so I go to the living room immediately and... That's where actually the speaker for the baby monitor was. That's right. And (laughs) I realized that I can hear Joshua moving around in the room and I look to the kitchen and my grandmother's there and it just hits me. Oh my gosh, she just heard everything. And my aunt's walking down the hallway. They just heard everything that we were saying. And so that was a moment How did that go? What was there to do at that point? What did you say to them? What did they say to you? Nothing. We learned, I think it was 10 years later that they heard the whole thing. They, you know, her aunt finally told us. But you knew. Oh, uh, I, I definitely knew. And honestly, what we did was pretend it didn't happen. And okay. that's really kind of a metaphor for a metaphor. what our marriage is like. Well, no, not just what our marriage is I think what we do in general, when we're kind of exposed and caught in sin, what do we do? We cover up, we hide. Let's just, just pretend that that didn't happen and you move on. <laughs> but there, that was a, 
a really an epic moment, but we have we had lots of little moments like that where God was really starting to be like, okay, uh, put his finger on something. There's something that I want to show up, and I want you to come to me and say, you know, I'm right here. Adam and Eve, you know, Genesis 3, right after that moment that they sin, what happens? God says, Adam and Eve, where are you? They had already covered up. They hid. That's what we all do in our marriages. We hide and we cover up. We pretend self-defense mechanisms. Um, And so that baby monitor story is really a moment of really an epic moment of God being, here's an opportunity. Are you going to come to me? You know, are you going to hide and cover up and pretend or can you just confess? And and let me ask you this. I mean, given you lived on both sides of this equation, meaning putting forward this perfect facade or better facade and then being caught behind closed doors with the baby monitor, what compels us all? I mean, you guys aren't unique in that way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what marriage is about, especially early and especially with the the pressure of having three young children being sleep deprived like you said you're you're working from a deficit mm-hmm. but you're still trying to present the pinterest family right here we are we're good we're perfect praise god why are we in that spot rather than being vulnerable authentic and real i think a lot of people are like that and we were on that trip but i think that one of the strengths of our marriages is that people have known when we have issues and the reason they've known is because we tell them some of the times it was in a healthy way. I'm in a men's small group. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm angry with her. Um, at the same time, you know, I, the next week I'm talking about how great my marriage is. But our marriages are not going to be safe if they're insular. And so we, from the beginning, have been really honest with people. And sometimes it was embarrassing. I think our family got tired of hearing us fight around them. Huh. And so we actually weren't trying to fool anybody on that trip. Yes, because, you know, we were never around those family members. But in general, I think one of the strengths of our marriage is the willingness to be vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people, what well, we all have opportunities in everyday life. Marriage is a perfect gift, a mirror for your insular and, and you have opportunity, you have enough pressures happening around you where stuff starts to bubble up, you know, your ways of pretending and hiding your sin patterns, they come up. But what do you do? do with that is really what's important. You can either deny and say, uh, I'm not going to face that part of myself, or you have the opportunity, I think it is a strength in our marriage, to say, all right, God has shown this to me enough times that I can submit and come to him and allow him to bring healing and wholeness and transformation. But it really brings humility instead of denial. Yeah, but it is a process. And I think that's part of it. I think marriage that the Lord put marriage in our hearts and in our institutions as a way to uh, make us better. I mean, really. Let me, though, explore. Uh, Joshua, we'll start with you. Raquel will come in your way next. But um, your childhood, so many guests, John, that we have on the broadcast, the Yurkoviches and Gary Chapman and others, there's so much that we learn in our childhood Mm -hmm. that trigger us. Um, And then we get married in our 20s, typically, and all those triggers start getting punched again, whatever that might be, insecurity, you know, whatever it is. And it leads to combat in the marriage rather than growth. Hopefully, over time, it leads to growth. The shorter the time, the better. So Joshua, in that respect, uh, your childhood experiences, how, how did you see those affecting your marriage? I grew up in a Christian home with two Christian parents. They loved each other. 
um, they loved the Lord, and the deck was just stacked against them. Uh, there was just one catastrophe after the the other. Two siblings, you know, from my dad's first marriage who died, and you know the the dominoes fell over and over again until when I was twelve. You know, my dad he had left before just to go find himself. And he said for the last time, I'm leaving. And Cinderella took that glass slipper and she threw it at him and said, go away. I don't want to see you again. And I watched their marriage collapse Mm -hmm. over the course of that time. And it was so confusing because you've got your dad who's supposed to be playing this role of like Father God in your life. And then he's abandoning your mom. And what lesson I learned is that marriage is not safe. Um, it is dangerous. And so I became extremely legalistic in college, and I was like, I, I, this is a quote, I'm going to be a eunuch for Christ. Um, because it's easier? Because I am going to distance myself from the thing that can hurt me. So I would say, I'm not going to date because I don't want to have a mini divorce. But what I was saying was, I don't want to ever put myself in the position my parents did. So what I wanted out of marriage was, and I eventually came to the place that I wanted it was, it's either going to be awesome or either it's going to be a mess. My marriage has to be awesome. So when we would butt heads, it would agitate me so much because it would bring out not just my weaknesses, but the weakness of the whole ideal that I had. Mm. Boy, that I mean, that's powerful. And that's, you know, we're going to explore more how, how you deal with that. But that is uh, insightful mm-hmm. as to what you were seeking in your marriage. So you had this incredibly high bar, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Um, and the bar was not what my parents had. Instead, amazing. Yeah. You know when you say to yourself, Lord, I'm never going to do that. You know what he hears. Lord, send me in this direction That's so right. I can That's learn right. the things That's I need right. to learn. <laughs> so Raquel, I mean, okay, so you get into this marriage. Did you realize that about Joshua? Did you know this high expectation of marriage and commitment was there? Did he talk about that? You hardly um, knew me. Yeah. So our <laughs> dating story was very short. What we happened? met and... Four months later, he proposed. Five months after that, we were married. And so in less than a year, we met, were married, and really it was as soon as we got engaged, we started to butt heads immediately, you know, fighting for control and having to make all these life-changing decisions in a very quick period of time. And so I wasn't necessarily thinking about his expectations in marriage, although we did go over that in premarital counseling and butted some heads some more. But we were just immediately started hashing it out. We culturally are very different. You know, he's uh, comes from a Southern patriarchal culture and I'm Puerto Rican and I come from a matriarchal culture where there are amazing, strong women. And so we didn't notice it at the time. But we were butting heads over our expectations of marriage. and um, I think it was probably an engagement, though. I mean, literally, it had been just, I mean, tiptoeing through the tulips. And then the next morning, we start talking, negotiating. And (laughs) that's where it all falls apart. And I think that so much of any of our conflicts have come back to negotiation. And um, I think what I did not even admit to myself until maybe last year is that then and in a lot of my marriage as this like i'm the southern man i'm this strong spiritual leader um that i was like that woman is not going to tell me what to do mm-hmm. so now it became combat oh yeah and but from, from her place i mean this is a, she comes from a family of some strong like amazing women and and i was saying the same thing internally i'm not going to let him tell me what to do and so but this was really perfect opportunities for us to really 
look at ourselves. It's so easy in marriage, going back to the Garden of Eden, to point the finger at the other person and say, he did it, she did it, Uh, you know, Satan did it. But really in marriage, it's so important. What has helped us grow is looking within ourselves and say, God, why am I responding this way? What do you want me to see about me? And most importantly, what do you want me to see about you? Mm -hmm. Because you are right here in the everyday, ordinary, messy, big life decisions, hard decisions, and, you know, raising kids life. Yeah. And I, you know, incorporating that whole story of the baby monitor, it sounds like your immediate family kind of backed up. Nobody stepped in. It sounds like to say, hey, let's help you sort this out. There was a couple that caught your attention. Why did they catch your attention and how did you respond to them? Well, it was before I got married. You know, when I I did not believe really in marriage. I, I said I did, but I <laughs> what did a not. Great be- candidate, Raquel. <laughs> way to go! You caught the guy. That's right. So I didn't. I didn't believe it was. It was something that was safe. And I met this couple, and it was Sean and Beth. And I we went to church together, and they just loved each other. They brought me into their lives, and I saw them walk through difficulties together, parenting. I saw them have you know disagreements. And they managed to, through all of this, stay in love. And I mean, there was a strong care for one another. It was rooted in Jesus. And there was passion. And they were funny. And they were the ones in the back of my head that always told me, you can believe in love. It's real. And that's what we want for our marriage today. Uh, We want people to see you can meet God in the messiness of marriage. And we are not afraid to do that. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. Mm -hmm. Lay it out there. The good, the bad, and the ugly is where you can find him everywhere and And there's freedom in that you know when we pretend you're only hurting yourself or your marriage or your kids and the people around you when you're honest and joshua can talk about the integrity interview he really it was a turning point for him especially to look around uh, to interview some of his friends and the people close in his life and say, what, is, what am I like? What am I really like? Mm. What is it like to be my friend? Or, you know, you can talk more about that. But uh, So I actually, when I was in my second year of marriage, I was, um, and uh, to be clear, Raquel and I have always liked each other. There's yeah, always okay. been passion. Yeah. Sometimes, it's good to hear. sometimes it's misdirected. Um, but... I was in a small group with a couple of guys, and one night we were talking, and one of the guys said to me, I was like, hey, guys, do you, is there anything in my life you know, that you think my, when I should change? And uh, my friend Pat said, you know, the way you speak to Raquel sometimes really embarrasses me. And wow. I thought, what? Now, did you ask the question expecting I'm mm-hmm. clean, I'm good? I, with him, I said, you know, Pat, you're just too nice to me. And I, I'm, I was like, I'm going to give it a try, though. And I asked him, and he immediately told me, um, the way you speak to Raquel really embarrasses me. And I was so shocked because I was like, her? She's the embarrassing one. I didn't realize that I actually had something going on. And so my other friend talked about this book, uh, Integrity by Dr. Henry Cloud, and this idea of an integrity interview where I would go around and ask questions of friends and say, what is it really like to be on the other end of my life? So I talked to five people. The first one was Raquel, and, you know, she's crying, and she's saying the things that I've heard before, and I'm taking notes and smiling and nodding politely and not defending myself. But I walk away from it, and I've been there, heard that. But what broke my heart was the next four people mm-hmm. because they said 80% of what she'd said. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment. That was a huge moment for me and a turning point because I actually thought for the first time, and I'm not trying to be funny, 
she may actually be right. I mean, like, maybe she's right. That was huge. I think that there are spouses that never get to that point. Yeah, it's a great point because Mm -hmm. I think you're absolutely right. And uh, just being vulnerable, I guess that's called humility, right? And it was amazing that God even gave me the grace to be humble like that. Well, let's speak to that because I'm sure there's listeners who are going, okay, I'm connecting with what you're saying, but you have two paths in front of you at that point. You can hear your four friends affirm what Raquel has said, and you can get heart of heart, Mm-hmm. Or you can be supple and say, okay, I'm blowing it. What do I need to learn? Speak to that other kind of way you could lean. Did you have that feeling at first? Did you have the, wait a minute, the rigidity? Did I that was, spring up? I was a mix of angry and depressed after those two weeks. Because huh. the first thing you want to do is turn on them. You just don't get me. You don't understand me. Let me explain myself. Yeah, yeah. I'll explain. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I was told to do if I was going to do the interview is don't defend yourself. Hmm. Well, you are an attorney. <laughs> That's right. That's got to be really hard. Oh, it was really hard. Uh, it's been hard on her being married to an attorney. Um, it's I'm always, hard on all of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to make my case. But the thing is, is I want Jesus. I love Jesus. And I love Jesus so much that I'm willing to meet him in my marriage. I've, I've come to see after 12 years, I'm really in writing confessions, the thing that hit me as I knew where the book was going, but I was not prepared to see just how much Jesus had manifested himself in this amazing woman who's sitting here with me. I didn't realize that all of the headbutting, all of the love that we had and the fun times and the kids and the hard times and the crises we went through, he was there. And I all of a sudden realized, it's you, Jesus. That was you. And I think that was probably the first, because after those first two weeks, there was a part of me that stopped and said, God, is there something that needs to change here? What, what needs to go on? And I, I just pursued Jesus in it, and that's what made the difference. But those are all the right decisions. That's what's so good. And I guess my earlier point was men don't always, even in those circumstances, we don't make those right decisions. Yeah. We make wrong decisions. Well, and I think we that's can't. where we suffer. But really, this wasn't overnight. I mean, yeah. he did these integrity interviews in the first couple of years of our marriage. But, you know, year after year, we have opportunities every single day to turn around. It's in the little things where we get to practice. Okay, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose humility. Okay, here's an opportunity with my kids or my wife to um, just come exposed before the Lord. Here I am, Lord. There's some weaknesses. There's some sin. There's some things that need transformation. Um, and so here I am. I can mm-hmm. I can bring God into it. A lot of times we just try to live life on our own and, and try to fix these things on our own, but that's just not how it's supposed to be. Well, I think we come to marriage, we come to marriage with these ideas of who we are, Mm-hmm. and who we're going to be as a spouse. And we show up, and that's probably, you know, for most of us, it's shattered. And we have an opportunity. We either face that and face who we really are and grow closer to God and closer as a couple. And if we don't, then what we do is we skip out on intimacy. Yeah, You can't be intimate with one another fully if you are not fully open with yourself, open with the Lord, and open with each other. If you want intimacy, that's what it takes. So for the the man or the woman out there who shuts down and says, I'm fine, I'm not going to take this from him, I don't need to hear this, Um, I'm not the one who's going to be the first to change, well, you just forfeited intimacy in your marriage. There you have it. 
uh, one of the issues that, as I was reading uh, the book and looking at the prep for the program at home this morning, I mean, Jean and I were talking about it, and she she lit up. She goes, oh, people are really going to benefit with this. And one of the things is control. You've touched on it a couple of times. But I think it's probably one of the biggest issues in marriage today is this battle for control. And I want to hit that one head on and how you can get to the point where you can let go. And, you know, not standards, not moral principles. We're not talking about those things. But just the need to control in the marriage. So either one of you jump out there, how you let go of your controlling temperament. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely confess that that's been one of my issues, control and being critical. Um, And instead, bringing God into it, bringing myself and my own issues into it. And speak, going back to your earlier point of what do I say to the women who are just you know, they're looking at their husbands and they're just, they want to give up. I don't know what to do anymore because he doesn't want to grow or he doesn't want to pray or he doesn't want to change in these areas. Um, is to really trust God. And I know, and I don't say that, that that's not glib. Like you either trust God or you don't. And you can pray and watch God do a work, which is what I saw happen again and again, where I would see the Holy Spirit at work changing him from glory to glory, little thing by little thing that he would change. And I just trusted. I just knew that God was at work, not just in his life, but in my life, because he was doing the same thing in me. Mm -hmm. And so really let go and let God be that third strand in your marriage Mm -hmm. and let him really take place, not just, you know, at church or um, sometimes part of your marriage, but every day, like God, I invite, be here, be near. The Lord is near. Typically, when we talk in this way, we're going to have a man or many men write and say, why are you bashing men today? And I, I would only say, if that's where your your feelings are going, mm-hmm. we must be touching a nerve, that's right. if I could be that bold. And there's two responses. Do that evaluation. Look at your life. Ask your wife to give you some input. Ask your friends, like you did, Joshua, four of your friends to speak into your life as it it pertains to your marriage. That's the way to go with that. Uh, Writing us and complaining that we're bashing men today, I'd use that energy differently. We're not attempting to do that. What we're trying to do is show where there may be some areas to improve in your marriage. And that's the goal. And really, uh, my chapter where I wrote about examine, it's not just about men, men and women coming to the Lord at the end of the day in reflective prayer and saying, search me, O God, see if there's any wicked way in me and to really wait with God to see if he'll point anything out about your, your, the little spat you had this morning. Like, let's go back to that moment and, and, and review what happened, what happened in your heart. And so that's really been something that transformed us. It wasn't just the integrity interview. It Mm -hmm. was a daily posture of openness and reflection before God and say, search me, oh God, where do I need to change? What do you want me to see about me? What do you want me to see about you and about our marriage? There's nothing that works better. I mean, that's what we're always saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, couples that pray together, read the word together, Mm -hmm. that divorce rate is really low, like Mm -hmm. 1%. So, I mean, you want to have that kind of uh, fulfilled marriage, you're hitting it. Even though you've been married, you know, a short number of years, You're beyond your years in terms of the wisdom you're bringing today. Thank you so much. What a great book, Confessions of a Happily Married Man. 
Joshua and Raquel Rogers. Thank you for being with us. Our pleasure. Great Thank to you. be here. Thank you. Well, we sure appreciated the vulnerability and openness that uh, Joshua and Raquel uh, shared about how God is working in their marriage and continues to do so. And uh, you can read about their story in more detail uh, when you get a copy of Joshua's book, Confessions of a Happily Married Man, Finding God in the Messiness of Marriage. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. Well, I believe that if couples can take the advice of our guests today and implement the tools and advice they offered, we'll see a revolution of marriages in our country. I was moved by Joshua's bold step in taking the integrity interview challenge and actually being humble enough to hear people speak truth to him about how he was doing. And he was then brave enough to look at his failings and ask Jesus to help him rather than arguing and defending himself. This has been a brilliant conversation, and if you need to hear it again, it's available on our website at safamily.co.za, on Facebook, or via podcast. Joshua's book, Confessions of a Happily Married Man, is his painfully honest account of the first 10 years of marriage. Joshua doesn't tell the reader what to do, but lets the reader learn along with him as he's gradually becoming more self-aware, increasingly grateful for his wife, and surprised to discover what God is doing in the middle of it. You'll find Confessions of a Happily Married Man on our website at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. I hope you've been encouraged today. And if you'd like to get in touch with our counseling department, please feel free to do so. They would count it a privilege to speak with you if you're struggling in your marriage. Call 031-716-3300 or log on to our website and scroll down to the counseling link. We do offer online counseling, which may be an option for you. Thanks for being with us today. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ. <music>